Greetings, Hempster. Thank you for tuning in to another hemp episode of Hemp Aware Radio, where we focus on what's most important. Today's show is Navigating the World of Hemp Accounting with Hemp Accountant Michael Knight. So if you're wanting to increase cash flow, optimize your profitability, or streamline your operations, then you're going to love today's show. But first, if you do have your own hemp company or a hemp brand, if you're wanting to launch a hemp brand, or if you're needing more traffic and leads and sales to your website, we'd love to help out. We're at hempaware.com. We've got all sorts of great resources for hemp entrepreneurs and hemp companies to help them succeed online. And if you're ready, you can schedule a call with us today. It's a discovery call. We can get to know your needs and build a custom marketing strategy for your hemp company. And you can do that at hempaware.com. We want to bring your vision to fruition. That's what we're all about. But anyway, I appreciate your attention and tuning into today's empowering conversation we're about to have. And I'm really thankful to have Michael on the show today uh, because everyone has to deal with accounting. Money is just an essential part of business. That's why we go into business, right? It's to uh, make a living. But what's so amazing about hemp is that we get to make a difference and a dollar. And at a very young age, I dove into sales and marketing and uh, just developing business strategy for hemp companies. And it's just been my passion and, and mission and vision to help other hemp companies succeed. And so without further ado, I'd love to bring Michael onto the show and dive into it. Thank you so much for being here, Michael. Thanks for having me, Tyler. Glad to be here. Yeah. So I'd love to uh, share with our listeners a little bit about your background. Obviously, you're traditionally uh, trained as an accountant, and uh, and then you eventually got into hemp. Tell us a little bit about your background and what led you up to wanting to actually get into the hemp field and and hemp existing hemp uh, help hemp companies. Yes. So at an early age, um, you've probably all heard the phrase, there's only thing true in life is uh, death and taxes. So I tried to go into uh, an industry where I I knew I was going to have a job. So that's why from an early age, I knew I wanted to do something with money. And I I chose accounting and uh, went to school in Tampa Bay at the University of South Florida, got my accounting degree there, uh, went on to get a master's in taxation Um, while studying for the CPA exam and uh, was in public accounting since uh, 2011. And really uh, just my traditional uh, compliance background is just primarily doing tax return work for large locally owned businesses in the Tampa Bay area. And really just uh, for years, just a focus on uh, what's called an S corporation, uh, for partnerships form 1065 and uh, C Corps 1120. And along the way, I um, really got into um, various different podcasts. And uh, one of these podcasts, I, I heard an interview with a, a man named uh, Rick Simpson. And he had some outrageous um, claims about the, the cannabis plant, saying he, he's cured uh, many people with, uh, with the uh, properties of the THC um, cannabinoid and in the interview um, again th- those claims are not going to be approved by the FDA or, or government bodies but um, he's mm-hmm. claims and I believe him um, hundreds of thousands or thousands of people 
And um, along with that, his, his, uh, the interview, he talked about not only the medicinal properties of, of the plant, but really the industrial side of the, of the, the plant. You can do anything with it. You can build, um, it, it, you can use it, um, make textiles. I mean, I mean you're, Tyler, you know all about that. And um, really got me curious um, along, and then I got, uh, in addition to that, I started, I read a book, uh, Jack Herrera, The Emperor is No Clothes, and really just grew a fascination with the industrial applications, really the medicinal applications of, of the plant. Right on. So you, uh, what year was that, would you say, you kind of shifted into specifically helping hemp companies? Um, I, well, I started my practice in 2020, April of 2020, mm-hmm. right when nice. COVID COVID 19. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I really I really got sick of just the the public accounting firm grind without a focus on an industry that I'm really passionate about because like like you introduced me, every business needs needs uh, some type of accounting support. And I really wanted to take my expertise and focus it on a um, industry that I have a passion for. And um, while I was explaining my introduction to hemp too, it's um, I want to tell kind of a, a family history, um, yeah. a little connection as well. Is um, my uncle that I'm actually named after, Michael Knight. Um, uh, a lot of people confuse my name or associate my name with. Uh, the TV show Night Rider with David Hasselhoff, the '80s. Um, although it's a, I'm catching up on that show. It, it's uh, pretty entertaining. Mm-hmm. But my original uh, origin of my name was my uncle, and it, it's it's not a great connection with cannabis. But he was one of the largest marijuana smugglers in the Tampa Bay area in the 1970s, and he was a young 20 year old, and he was living a a rock star lifestyle because um, he would take his fishing boats and go down to Jamaica and literally get tons of marijuana and then bring it back to the to Tampa Bay area. And um, what that got him is an early death because he, with all that money at a young age, without uh, direction, he um, got into harder illicit drugs such as cocaine and heroin. And he died under very mysterious circumstances um, we still don't exactly know if it was an overdose or because he's, he was dealing with the illicit market, he maybe um, upset some other people in the, the illicit industry and um, was taken out. So, um, and the reason why I bring this up is um, his death had lasting impact on my father, which had an impact, uh, still has an impact um, on my life today. And part of me coming back or working with cannabis is kind of just to reassociate my family history with the plant. And really now that it's uh, growing industrial hemp is uh, legal throughout the 50 states, really providing um, regulatory and just strong accounting support for a growing uh, legal industry and uh, really just um, kind of reversing that, the, the negative association my family's had with this plant into a more positive position. I love that. That's super inspiring, and I commend you for taking that position. And that's a really fun opportunity to to do that, you know, with your dad and and really uh, professionalize 
this plant, which is what our approach has been from the beginning, you know, really recognizing that, yes, a part of the hippie movement, this is a psychoactive uh, substance when, you know, dealing with cannabis varieties that, that are high THC. Um, we've only ever focused on the hemp side of things and, you know, really focused on the hemp seed and fiber. But I know with your position, you're not only working with hemp companies, but also cannabis related companies. Um, but I'm wondering what would you say as far as accounting practices or just money management, what do you find is like the, the maybe number one mistake or two, two top mistakes that hemp and cannabis companies are making when it comes to their finances? I would say just keeping up with the basic uh, bookkeeping and, and I'm going to reference this. Um, there's a recent book I found. It's called Entrepreneur Numbers by Sp uh, Spencer Sheehan. And I'm in uh, contact with him right now to um, collaborate more. But he has a great phrase. Um, he try, um, Accounting shouldn't suck. And the reason why people don't, uh, companies don't keep up with bookkeeping is because, um, frankly, accounting can be a pain in the ass. And mm. I, I don't I don't blame businesses because as an entrepreneur, there's so much to worry about and and in the tax compliance world, um, dealing with um, from my traditional background, people just put accounting and, and tax work at the back burner among the other items. Whereas a, a really good accountant, an accounting team should help you. Stay um, up to date with your accounting numbers and really help you leverage those numbers into identifying the pain points uh, in the business. Mm -hmm. Yeah, where the holes are, where the leaks are. And, and yeah, I agree. Having that strong foundation with your books and really understanding where the money's coming in, where it's going out, you, you, you have a lot better chance of saving things before they get too bad, right? Correct. So that's awesome. I appreciate that insight. And obviously that's, that's one of the solutions that you provide is, is really building out that solid foundation for hemp and cannabis companies. But let's go a little bit more into some of the strategies. And obviously I know it depends on the business model, the type of business, but what would you say a few ways that, that hemp and cannabis companies can increase their profitability or their cash flow as a whole? Yes. Um, and I first want to um, talk about entity structure. And one of the biggest expenses potentially for any business is, is taxes. And um, that is what I spent most of my um, accounting work experience um, dealing with is, is tax compliance. And um, I'm going to uh, take or provide some information that most accountants won't disclose, but um, when I first started my firm in, in um, April of 2020, I really dove into the, the marijuana side of, of the hemp plant, and there's a code section 280E, which limits um, the deductions of a marijuana businesses because it's a controlled substance. And that, the reason why I bring that up is because it made me reconsider, like, what, how is that side of the cannabis plant, the business is going to be thriving because 280 limits deductions on general business expenses such as advertising. And um, 
we're seeing the repercussions now that a lot of small marijuana businesses are, are not um, being able to sustain themselves. And the reason why I'm bringing all this up is I um, kind of went down a quote-unquote rabbit hole and re-examined who is required to um, file an income tax return and my, my very profession. And that led me da- down the work um, to a man named uh, Joe Bannister, who was a former IRS agent um, who decided to leave the IRS in 1999 because he, um, through his research that he publishes on his website, agentfortruth.com, he shows that most Americans are not required to file an income tax. I say all this just for a thought experiment is I'm not telling you to um, stop filing income taxes. Um, It's more of just a, I would say a deception upon the the American people about how income, um, the income taxes for trade. Mm -hmm. But, um, and I would like um, the listeners of the show, if you are, if you're interested in this concept, please reach out to me um, and we'll, I can provide more information on that subject. But um, mm-hmm. I, and that's www.thehempaccountant.com. And my mm-hmm. email is michael at thehempaccountant.com. And we can um, discuss that more in detail. But um, frankly, taxes are one of the biggest expenses on any, on any business. So um, there's different, as a tax filer, there's different entity structures that can minimize legally within the Title 26 Internal Revenue Code that you you need to be aware of. And um, depending on your type of business, um, that's where I, I provide free uh, free 30-minute to an hour consultation to learn more about your business that can um, give you some more insight. But there's um, huge ramifications about what type of entity structure you um, pick and the taxes. So mm-hmm. I would say... Really, really consider um, from a tax um, standpoint your entity structure and also a liability standpoint. You really don't want to, in general, operate a business without some type of legal uh, structure um, because um, I am, and I'm not a lawyer, but um, from a liability standpoint, if, if something goes on in your business, um, if you're not incorporated in some way, you are subjecting your personal assets to um, to um, risk when when you're not mm-hmm. in, in some way incorporate your incorporate your business. In other and words, then, don't be a proprietor if you can help it. Just jump into an entity of sorts, whether it's an LLC or incorporated company, something like that, right? Correct. And there's a, a an entity uh, called a single member LLC. So even if you're just a one person operation, there there's still um, entity structure framework that you, you that's available to you. That's awesome. And yeah, so um, I, yeah, I really want to focus on um, the big one of the biggest pain points is taxes. But then, um, in addition to that, to ways that can increase profitability and cash flow is really just diving into uh, knowing your numbers and then diving into them because on the income statement, which um, your profit and loss statement, where there's really just a few basic components. You have sales, 
cost of goods sold, the cost of your product, and operating expenses. And those are the levers that you can adjust to um, in- increase income and, the, and um, maximize uh, the profitability of your business. And likewise, one of the key financial statements that gets overlooked is the cash flow statement, and another, which is another lever of your business. Um, if you're if you're running an operation with a large account receivable for um, your for your customers, you need you should be analyzing the amount of time that you're waiting on payment from your customers, and then vice versa. Um, if you're able to, if you have accounts payable, you should try to negotiate with your vendors to delay as much as possible payment to um, um, maximize your cash flow. So um, those, are, and again, it goes back to having a strong fundamentals of, of uh, up-to-date bookkeeping to um, be able to look into those levers. Mm-hmm. That's super helpful. Yeah, thank you for explaining that. It's, it's very simple information or, or approach, but like you said, a lot of businesses, hemp and non-hemp related businesses, are, are missing this foundational structure and and um, and setup. So I love that you know you're really helping hemp companies in particular with this. Uh, but being that you're a hemp entrepreneur yourself, what would you say are some of the biggest challenges that you've experienced with maybe marketing your brand or uh, getting the word out there and, and uh, just, you know, getting more uh, leads or traffic and what have you been able to do to, to improve that in any way? Any pointers you um, might have? Really it's just um, getting involved within the industry. And when I started my firm, it's the height of height of the pandemic. Um, there was not a lot of in-person events and it was really kind of um, limited for the, really until uh, 2021. And I would just say it, as much as you can, um, I've, I've had tremendous experience going to in-person events. Um, again, I'm going to bring it back to the book I mentioned earlier, Entrepreneur Numbers. Um, I learned about this book from going to the Southern Hemp Expo in Nashville. And I met a vendor, um, Dennis, who works for a, a, a entity called WorkX, which is um, helps any businesses out there that if you're um, knee deep in Excel spreadsheets and looking at um, for cost analyzation of, of projects, WorkX can help streamline the connection between your spreadsheets and your accounting software such as QuickBooks. And he's the one who told me about this entrepreneur numbers book. Um, and I just love the phrase, making accounting not suck. And um, uh, in addition to that is just, um, I mean, because in-person events weren't available, um, the technology age does make it more convenient to connect with with people online. So there's a lot of different um, cannabis organizations and, um, but uh, really it's just uh, connecting yourself to people in the industry. And I mean, just having a conversation with you, Tyler, I mean, you, I, I need, I have so much to learn from you because you've been in this industry um, over a decade, almost two decades, correct? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, over 18 years. Yeah. I mean, literally more than two decades if you consider the fact that I started working with hemp twine when I was about 12, um, you know, making macrame bracelets, necklaces and stuff. Obviously, I wasn't an entrepreneur at that point, but yes, hemp has been a part of my life all these years. Awesome. And um, please keep going. Yeah. So I just wanted to, um, and it's just being of being of service to the industry. So um, one um, position I recently uh, took on and, and have much more work to do is I am now the interim treasurer for the U.S. Hemp Building Association, which is a nonprofit that uh, recently, um, through a lot of hard work, was able to get um, uh, U.S. Uh, or hemp herd as um, recognized for the residential bu- building code. Um, and mm-hmm. I think we're going to be pushing in 2023 uh, commercial use of, uh, of hemp herd and uh, elections. Uh, um, hopefully election, uh, elections are in December for the uh, two-year term as treasurer. And I'll be um, taking, uh, hopefully taking on that position and just being a service to to the U.S. Hemp Building Association and connecting with more uh, builders uh, utilizing industrial hemp in construction. Mm-hmm. Most certainly, yeah. And if you guys want to learn more about that, just go to ushba.org. You can get involved with the Hemp Building Association and even uh, participate in the votes. So that's yeah. awesome. Thank you. So as far as your services, obviously, being an accountant, you can offer bookkeeping services, but you have much more ability and uh, skills that, that go beyond bookkeeping. So would you mind sharing a little bit more about your services, you know, beyond the bookkeeping, what sort of um, strategy or um, accounting services that you provide for hemp companies at the Hemp Accountant? Absolutely. It's really, um, I started my firm providing bookkeeping services and I, I can still do that, but really I'm trying to uh, leverage, help companies leverage technology. And that includes helping design and implement the accounting system. And um, right now I, I really lean on um, a few different uh, bookkeeping platforms, which are uh, QuickBooks, Zero, uh, and uh, learning about Sage accounting. And in this day and age, it really, it makes sense to have a, "Quote unquote cloud-based accounting system where you'll be able to access your your numbers um, at, on any computer at any time of the day, and because we're utilize technology so much, um, I really recommend a cloud-based system because it it helps prevent the issue if your computer goes down for any reason, and which does which does happen, and um, it also prevents it. I mean, if the computer if your data or your, hard drive is stolen or, or whatnot. So really use, utilizing a cloud-based system and um, also I- implementing good security measures um, using a two-factor system to make sure n- not only is your data available, but it, it's secure as well. And along with that is just, uh, um, the, like I've said, this whole conversation is analyzing, analyzing those numbers, analyzing the, the levers that impact net income and impact cash flow and that that goes into um, it's great to have a budget but you really should um, really kind of focus on cash flow projection and I help companies understand 
what is your what is that number on a monthly basis that is a guaranteed expense your overhead expenses the admin expenses that you have to have and just having um, a good projection of um, where cash is coming in from the business to pay those expenses mm-hmm absolutely so essentially you can help people set up their company, whether they're just getting started or maybe they already have a sole proprietor, an LLC, an S-Corp, you can help them restructure, maybe take a look at ways to save with taxes, like you said, um, but then pulling those three levers. Can you repeat those three levers for us again and and maybe go a little deeper? Yeah. So it's um, sales, you got cost of goods sold and operating expenses. So I'm glad you brought it back to that because I kind of glossed over a little um, those points. So, for instance, for sales, a lot of entrepreneurs maybe don't charge the right price point for the product or service. And you really, um, there's benchmark um, platforms out there that can analyze, help you analyze what type of product or service you are um, offering and is that price point competitive in the market? And you really don't want to undercharge undercharge for your product or service and leave money on the table. And um, um, on the next one is cost goods sold. It's it's in this type of economy that we're we're facing. Inflation is is an ever present issue, and you're most likely having increased cost of goods sold. And that, that that should make you think or reconsider, are your, your sales price is accurate? Are they keeping up with inflation? So your, um, what the term is gross margin, sales minus cost of goods sold, is your gross margin percentage staying um, increasing or staying consistent with it, what it has been in the, in the past? And then along with uh, cost of goods sold, operating expenses, uh, it's just uh, those general administrative fees, and, and I, I will say it, it's a beautiful time to um, operate a business where leveraging technology and different platforms, you can really help minimize a lot of those admin fees, and where in the past you might have needed a, um, a full-time admin person, you can have several different um, software applications or a virtual assistant to help help you with those admin um, tasks and minimize your expense as well. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So gross margin um, or, or fo- focusing on sales is number one, whether it's increasing your margins or decreasing cost of goods, which is the second thing, and then operating expenses. So there's multiple strategies or tools or methodologies in each one of those categories that you would implement when working with your your clients, right? Correct, and um, uh, and it's also just presenting. It's um, it's on the accountant's job to present this information because some of these term, terms I realize not everybody's familiar with, but it's presenting this information in an easy to understand format. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of times, and this is something I, I'm learning. Um, and growing and enhancing my skills every day. Um, but I, I can't mention this book enough. If, there, if you get one thing from this, my, this uh, episode is I highly, highly recommend to pick up this book, Entrepreneur Numbers by Spencer Sheehan. It's available on Amazon, roughly $20. I think there's a Kindle version for $8. Um, 
Uh, a lot of the principles I'm talking about, the way to present numbers, is, is coming from this book because he um, he um, says that accountants, and I agree with this, accountants have failed entrepreneurs and, and business owners because a lot of, we go to school for many years to understand financial statements, but the average person, it, it, go, it doesn't make sense to them. So he breaks down a method of analyzing the numbers and really using uh, graphs and charts to present um, the number information in a pictorial form that's easy to understand, that lets you understand your the, the pain points that of the business uh, through a financial lens. Mm-hmm. That's super helpful. I mean, there are, are many lenses that we could look at our business to improve it, whether it's marketing, branding, sales approach. But um, I love that you bring this to the table and have, have such a, an essential solution for hemp companies. And it's just an honor to have you on the show. And I really appreciate the work you're doing to kind of uh, wrap up our, our conversation here. What one bit of advice do you have to share with other hemp and cannabis entrepreneurs in the world to maybe help inspire them or encourage them to continue doing what they're doing? Uh, I'm, I'm going to say a, a kind of a quote that I, I have on my desk, uh, Persistence by um, author Calvin Coolidge, and it's um, paraphrasing it, but it, will say, it says, nothing in the world can take the place of persistence. Talent will not. Nothing is more common than unsuccessful men and women with talent. Genius will not. Unward genius is almost a proverb. Education will not. The world is full of educate, educated derelicts. Persistence and determination alone are omnipotent. The slogan, press on, has solved and always will solve the problems of the human race. And uh, I, I just um, have to keep that motto because um, the hemp industry has been suppressed in this country for decades and if uh, we're just in the very early stages, and it, it's going to take a lot of persistence, and um, I, the, the vision I have that I probably share in your um, Tyler in your mind of what where hemp can be across this country, I don't know realistically if we can reach it in our lifetimes, but I hope to help, um, be part of the foundation for future gener- future generations, and that's going to just take a lot of persistence. Very well said. I, I totally agree, and. It seems like we're equally having the potential to create peace on earth and more harmony, more health, wealth, and abundance for humanity. At the same time, there's this trajectory of complete annihilation and destruction of the planet and all the people on it. So it's like this razor's edge. And um, you and I both know and believe that, that hemp is the number one vehicle on the planet that has a, a tangible, tactile real world uh, solution for our food, shelter, clothing, energy, plastics, medicine, and and so much more. And so it's um, persistence is the key. I I totally agree. And and coming from love, I know that hemp entrepreneurs around the world can get down. You know, they can maybe see a, a major decrease in sales or they're just not getting the results that they want, and it can be discouraging. But we want to remind you that anything is possible if you set your heart and your mind upon it. If you need to take a break and go for a walk, get out in nature, get some more inspiration, get your juices flowing, make sure to take care of your health, and maybe um, 
you know, take a rest, take a nap, whatever you got to do to just stay in alignment, look for that inspiration and, and keep going to, to make it happen. So I really appreciate you, Michael. Thanks for being on the show. Is there any last thoughts or um, want to remind our listeners how to get a hold of you and get in touch with you? I just want to um, say total agreement of, w- of what you just said. Um, lo- love is the answer and, and persistence and, and uh, the, the future of hemp is very bright. And if people want to reach out to me more, um, my website again is www.thehempaccountant.com. I am on Instagram and uh, Twitter as well. And my, my email is michael at thehempaccountant.com. There you have it, folks. Michael with the Hemp Accountant, and this is your hemp entrepreneurial host, Tyler Hemp. Today was all about how to make accounting not suck, <laughs> so especially for hemp and cannabis companies. Hope you enjoyed the show. We look forward to having you on the next one, and have a blessed day. Thanks again, Michael. Thank you.